Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are going to be giving you one of 50 Mama interviews. These interviews have been conducted by Drama Victoria over the last two years to celebrate their 50th birthday. These 50 interviews are 50 conversations with 50 legends of the Victoria drama teaching game. So sit back, relax and enjoy a slightly longer than usual version of The Aside. Please note that the audio quality varies depending on where the interview was recorded. Hello, uh, we're back again with interview 15 and this is the wonderful Robin Kay. Well, Robin, welcome and thank you so much. <laughs> it's a pleasure Cheers. to be here, Ellie. Thank Excellent. you. So we're going to start with how, when and why you became involved in drama education. Uh, my journey wasn't as straight. I didn't go straight to drama teaching mm-hmm. training. I'd always been involved in, uh, in, in theatre and performing arts and I actually, when I went to university, I went to La Trobe originally and I went to orientation day at La Trobe, came home, fell in an absolute heap because at that stage it was basically just buildings in a paddock <laughs> uh, with people wandering around looking completely bemused. I went home and I said to my parents, I can't go to that university. I hate it because I'm very, I'm very in tune with places, and so, um, so I arranged for a transfer to uh, Melbourne State College. It was at that time to study librarianship, wow, psychology and English. So over I went to Melbourne State College, and I beavered away there, trying to embrace librarianship. I had a great love of books. But at that time, and we're talking back in the day, at that time it was mainly about learning these incredibly long numbers so that you could code books. So basically what you were doing was you were a human trying to embed the equivalent of a barcode into your head. And so I love the psychology, I love the English, but the novelty of trying to be a human barcode reader wore off pretty quickly and also look I hate to put it out there and I don't want to offend any librarians but some of the people in the course were a little bit odd yeah a little bit they were very some of them were very closed people and I (laughs) it wasn't my bag anyway so this course came up a creative arts course and you could apply to audition to be part of this course so I went over and applied and was accepted and it was the second year of the creative arts course at Melbourne State College and so in I went and within oh, I reckon two hours I knew that I was in exactly the right place so that's how I started what year to train um, oh god 1976 very good yeah <laughs> 1976 and it was in its uh, yeah, and it was the second year that the course had run. So we were the second group of enrollees in this course. Four-year course, three-year course? Three-year course, Bachelor of Education, Creative Arts, you know, and, uh, of course, at that time, because we were um, being trained as specialist teachers, you could 
um, you, you, uh, it was overarching. You could teach from kindergarten, year 12, all, all, everybody. And it was fabulous. Yeah, specifically drama. It was drama. Um, film and television, my sub-majors were film and TV and English. I kept English going, yeah, mm. and drop psychology. So, yeah, fantastic course, fantastic intake in that year. Really, really interesting people that um, have gone on to be, you know, um, big players in, in the industry. Uh, not only in Australia, but more broadly. So we had a really intriguing group of people in that year. And we had fabulous, fabulous lecturers. Yeah. We'll get to the collaborators in a moment. Yeah. So between 1976 and 2016, it's like 40 years? Yeah, it's a yeah. long time, isn't it? Okay. God, I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, it is. But you will have seen massive changes in drama education over those those 40 years. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of the, the, the major changes that you've seen take place over the, the time that you've been... The major change that's taken place is that drama and theatre uh, and theatre studies are now um, regarded as being subjects with, you know, with um, highly regarded subjects... When I was first training to be a teacher of, at that time, drama, because there was no theatre studies, it was still in the realm of just a sort of an add-on subject. Group two subject. Yeah, um, a subject that maybe kids who were um, sort of on the periphery of, uh, of core subjects or mainstream education might get advantages from um, not having dedicated spaces or even necessarily a trained teacher. It might, it might just be somebody who had a bit of an interest or a bit of a flair in that area that would go in and try to take a drama class and, of course, at the time, the, the, and I think it still is, unfortunately, I mean, <laughs> uh, the, the go-to sort of drama lesson was a, a vigorous warm-up followed by a round of space jump. <laughs> and, you know, basically, if you could, if you could run a warm-up and you knew how the rules of space jump worked, you could run a drama class. <laughs> and you, all you did was push the desks back and just, you know, do it. Still a good instant lesson plan, though, isn't it? It is. It's a good fallback <laughs> position, and the kids do love it, but I like to play it really, really, like, high power, <laughs> timing it, you know, really, really make them think about what they're doing, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so some of the other changes, the, there was the Group 2 process. Yeah. Were you actually teaching at that time in the um, Group 2 era? Yes, I was. I was, yeah. I and worked. so you would have seen the big change to the VCE, was it... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when I was training, it was HSC. HSC, that's yeah, right. Yeah, and it was a very different creature. Um, we had we had cats at that time. Common assessment yeah, tasks. common assessment tasks, and they were they were sort of progressive. So the student would work towards a, a final goal, but their work would be audited and developed over a period of time, and um, uh, and some aspects of that task uh, are now embraced with theatre studies in that they could make models and do things like that for mm. their cats. 
um, and that, and that's more you know the theatre studies now allows students to adopt a design approach which I think is fantastic um, yeah so there were some elements of it that were good and some elements of it that were it was still very very lightweight and I think very tenuous in in many schools um, and as the drama teacher in the school I think I think we have become more more present in the mainstream sort of uh, the staffing and and the sort of consciousness of the school for want of a better mm. way of putting it we're more you know, there's more invested into us and more respect for what we do and what we achieve and, um, and we're, you know, and, and we're an entity in our own right and we can stand alone and sort of stand proud because we've got a, a, good, a good subject design and, and better understanding what we do. And were you doing drama and theatre studies or drama or theatre studies? Uh, I was doing drama and theatre studies. At that time it was drama and then when theatre studies came along that, and was developed, that's where I, I went. And now I'm drama until about year Ten, you know, we keep it through up to middle school, and then our senior studies in the school that I worked at was theatre. St- we were a theatre studies school. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I wanted to say was a lot of schools kept drama when I early back in the day. They kept drama there, but the expectation was that drama would 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 um, complement other subjects. That you would work to devise programs that fit it in with other subjects in the school. So we use drama to teach other to subjects. teach other subjects, you know. So we were we were sort of uh, we, were, we were sort of threaded through, which is uh, it's lovely, it's a lovely concept, but it made it very hard for it to be a standalone subject mm. for quite a while, you know. Uh, so it was wonderful that it gained more and more acumen and became a strong entity in its own right Mm. the way it is now yeah cool so let's move on to the highs and lows of of your career robin your your (laughs) experiences um i i think i think i've been really really fortunate in that i can't really recall Lows in my <laughs> career. The key is black them out. Uh, yeah, maybe I squash them in the back of the recesses of your mind. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think, I think, yeah, I think I've been really, really blessed, actually. You know, like lows are for me are when there's a failure in a communication or. Um, in, in, the, in the way a lesson's going to pan out and, and, and sometimes they can be quite bizarre and I remember one of the very first lessons I took in Darwin in a school in Darwin and this was very soon after the um, the cyclone so they were quite a lot of the kids were quite traumatised but anyway we, we, I ran the lesson, I had a prep class first up, very first class in school so we all took off our shoes and we had our lesson. It was a lovely lesson. Um, and then at the end, I said, right, we'll all put our shoes back on, forgetting how little they were. And, of course, nobody could put their shoes on. So 
<laughs> the next class was held up while the teacher and I scrabbled around trying to organise <laughs> all these shoes onto 25 pairs of little feet. And this was pre-Velcro. Thank God for Velcro. So nobody, everyone had laces or buckle-up sandals and no-one knew which was their left foot or their right foot. So that, that, that was a bit of a low. So lows have been along those lines, you know, failures of communication or... Um, you know, other things like maybe sometimes politics in schools where um, a school is not being as supportive as it could be about aspects of what you're trying to do with a program. But for the most part, uh, it's been very, very smooth. It's been a very smooth sailing. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the highs. Uh, Your favourite moments. Favourite moments are when um, when you see you see the light bulb moments with students in classrooms where suddenly you see that they are actually participating and fully engaged with what's going on, and it might just be that kid that is um, you know has hasn't found anything that means something to them in school in terms of their school life I love the fact that drama can is very open entry for just anybody and you see kids come and think hey you know this is a great environment and then they want to participate in in more and and you are able to accommodate them You know, I used to have this group called Stage Crew and it was for kids who might not necessarily want to act, but it just meant that they could... They could support the actors and they could do things. I also ran a, a Drama Queen's magazine and so all those kids that liked to write or liked to go and see theatre and write about theatre would, would do that. So just being able to see those light bulb moments, recognise them and then cater for those kids to keep them engaged and keep them participating, so I reckon. True. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to call them, I still call them, eureka moments. Yeah. yeah. Where, you know, you see a kid discover something, the light bulb, as you say, go off and you just think, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, or, they, they or, found something. or similarly, they you, you see a kid gain respect from their peers because they show some aspect or some skill they have that they've never shown before and mm. you see the others go, okay, <laughs> you know, and I, and I can give you an amazing example of that. We were, uh, I was working in a school recently um, and we were talking about um, childhood memories and, and it was made clear to the students that um, you know that what they they could share this stuff and it would be um, respected and you know and there was this one boy in the group who was very very quiet and he was a scholarship student and he was um, a bit withdrawn and all the kids were sharing their childhood memories and it was quite an affluent school so the memories were often you know memories that came out of children who were more privileged who'd done things that were quite exciting and interesting and we got to this boy and he um 
and I, I said, have you got something you'd like to share? And he said, yes, I would. And I thought, oh, that's great. So, and he said, my memory is when I was six and I was the eldest child, the boy in our family, and my father took me out and showed me how to slaughter a goat mm. before we, we came to Australia. And I saw all the other kids in the class suddenly go, my God, this is incredible, you know? And, and suddenly there was a whole new light of understanding shone here in, in this boy's corner. And the kids were fascinated. And, of course, that, that, that moment, that revelation just allowed him to let a whole lot of these kids in with their questions about him and his life in Sudan before he came here and, and you know, so how had he come here? And it was very interesting. Yeah, and I think that's what drama does best is that it yeah. engages people in sharing other people's stories that yeah. you get to experience what it is to be in somebody else's shoes. That's exactly it, isn't it? Other yeah. people's stories. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 the subject that develops empathy. Yeah. And it's actually the subject for the future because all of the skills that underpin drama are the the tools that people need in, in the modern world. Absolutely. You know, moving away from those industrialized sort of skills. Absolutely into those more flexible skills. <laughs> um, can you describe some of your most memorable experiences? You've kind of touched on them with, with this wonderful story about this young boy from Sudan, you said. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some other memorable um, experiences. Uh, working with disabled children, working with children who have, were deaf, working with uh, students with spina bifida, um, and and coordinating uh, programs for them that were challenging and um, enabled them to be rele- released, for want of a better word, and able to just fling themselves in completely mm. into a class and um, and being being able to just be on a, a level playing field with everybody. And you know, dramas. You know, you, I could see I could see the power of drama as a tool for things like that a long, long time ago. There was one point in my career where, I, when my children were very small, and you know what the hours are like when you're mm. working drama, and my husband was away a lot. And so I was effectively, you know, solo parenting the children. And at that time I thought, you know, maybe maybe it'd be good to be a play therapist. And I, I actually went to the through the machinations of exploring the possibility of becoming a play therapist, which was a, a bit of a thought bubble at the time. Mm. Um, and I didn't, and I stayed where I was and I continued, and I'm really, really glad I did. But I, but I could recognise the power of, of drama and theatre and how it can change lives and and free people and I don't know give people breadth and and empathy into the situation of other people mm. yeah. absolutely so mentors and collaborators people that that you've collaborated with your your favorite mentors that have 
help develop Robin Kay's wonderful experience as a drama teacher? Well, as I say, I've been blessed. We have (laughs) wonderful educators at Melbourne State College. And, uh, you know, their mark... Who was your senior lecturer? uh, Lindy Davies. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. and, you know, we had Anita Sinclair racketing around there. We had David Lander. We had um, Malcolm, and I can't, I'm guilty of forgetting Malcolm's surname. Fantastic guy from England. Um, Peter Ralph. All these extraordinarily creative and gifted people who just brought us in, such a mixed group of people, and and gave us all of these skills and tools and understanding of, of not only the subject, but also our responsibilities. And that's something that I've, I've always had a focus in, that, you know, it, it's not enough to be a Mr G. Like, I love Mr G. <laughs> Mr G sums it up for me, you know. You can go in and you can be Mr G or you can be a consummate professional in your area of, of teaching, the way, you know, a maths teacher can be a consummate professional or whatever. So, um, and they gave us an understanding of our, prof- our potential professionalism because it was emerging at that time. And the government was throwing a lot of money behind putting performing arts facilities into various schools. So... That was it. Was actually a really magnificent time because there was uh, a, a, the arts were very much. It was a Labor government, just by the way. <laughs> the, the arts were very much in in the in the forefront of of social conscience, and it was felt that all students should have the right to participate in the arts, and all students should have dedicated facilities. So they built these throughout the state they built these every one of them would have a library and then they'd have like big spaces underneath to allow students to participate in things like music and drama and all of those sorts of things mm. yeah so collaborators those people at college um amazing teachers that I've worked with from other schools where we've had liaisons where our, our students have gone between those schools um, coming to various can we, professional can we development things. Oh yeah, well, Peter, <laughs> Peter Robert and um, and John Roberts at Xavier, and you know, just I've enjoyed wonderful collaborations over time, and really meaningful collaborations. You know, totally committed to looking after each other's students and providing fantastic experiences for them and just the res- mutual respect between the schools and um, and the joy of working out something that will work for everybody, for all stakeholders, all that. Fantastic. Um, people here at Drama Victoria um, and, of course, the major collaborators of co- are the students. Mm-hmm. The students in the room with you, yeah. they're the major collaborators because they, they teach you every minute of every day and they challenge you and they make you better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and that's, that's sort of wonderful. It certainly is. <laughs> um, can you describe some of your favourite professional learning experiences? Uh, attending, attending workshops here at Drama Victoria... Particularly conference? 
or, or yeah oh, conference conference experiences yeah. have been fantastic where you've actually attended I love the ones that make you like the student yeah. in the in the workshop where you actually are being taught <laughs> and, and go into a group and do this and come up with this and you've got 15 minutes I, I think they are fantastic and watching how other teachers shape a lesson and and what other teachers are putting in place as a, as a creative learning, what they want to teach, what they want you to gain understanding of. Um, watching, watching fellow, my colleagues presenting um, workshops here to students and to teachers, you learn so much through that. Um, working with VCAA in various capacities with colleagues and um, listening to them and their views and discovering new texts and discovering new ways of, of, of doing things or and staying abreast of curriculum yeah mm. those sorts of things absolutely cool <laughs> um, what do you think are some of the secrets to um, uh, the longevity of your career as, as a drummer educator uh Curiosity, ambition, ambition, ambition to learn to be the best you can be, and to keep learning. Um, n- you never, uh, always, always, always committing to being energetic and in the moment with students, no matter how bad you feel, no matter what's going on. Uh, in your world outside, you owe it to those students to walk through that door with the right energy and the right focus and be in that moment with them. Uh, so it's sort of almost like being a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde sometimes because <laughs> life is not always smooth. But So you almost have to have this... Uh, you have to have this... I think you have to have an enormous resilience. You have to have... You have to stay fit because it's very very arduous teaching drama and theatre we know that the hours are huge and often in darkened environments <laughs> yeah often in and, and sometimes you've got an environment worked out and suddenly the room changes but you know so uh, being being patient patient and always understanding that they are students they are learning um they will make mistakes. They uh, sometimes it's the parents that are worse than the actual students. So, you know, so trying to be to get that balance between you know firm and fair, uh, and uh, and sublimating your ego a lot. You know, being prepared with a student to say, well, actually, I don't know the answer to that. Mm. So, but let's find out. Let's discover it. Yeah. <laughs> So we've kind of covered it, but is there any advice that you would pass on to the next generation of drama teachers? Uh, it's kind of wrapped up in the secrets, isn't it? Yeah, get out amongst it, I think. Yeah. You know, talk to colleagues, use things collaborate. like... Collaborate. Yeah, collaborate. And also go and, go and see a lot of theatre in the, in the outside world. Look, at, look at all the theatre that's available because it can inform your practice. <laughs> and artefacts, you brought along a few. Oh yes. So, so let's pull them out and uh, you can talk us through some of these. All right. Now, some of this collection. Wow. What's this? This is my drama diary from 
from your university. State college from university. Wow. Can you believe it? Here we are, we're 18, 19 years old, and we're being encouraged to keep <laughs> our diary. It's a, it's a day. A Here's book. my very first day in the it's drama classroom. Yeah, yeah, my logbook. There we go. I love the different coloured yeah. pants. Moomba Monday, 9am and 90 degrees Fahrenheit. It's <laughs> even, that's how far back we are. In the What's in the, the shade. Of degrees. Oh, Ninety degrees Fahrenheit. One hundred and four. Well, maybe you know it's hot day. It's okay. Moomba, and we're all melting. Um, outside room four nineteen stand. 50 people waiting to start. It's 1974. Sorry. It's earlier than 76. (laughs) After half an hour of mucking around, we finally started to find out just what drama was going to consist of. The nitty-gritty, so to speak. Malcolm screamed at us to race along the floor with complete body contact. Then we all went charging around the room like escapees from a mental institution. (laughs) To call off, we sat in a circle and memorised each other's names. Um, and, and so it goes on with, with the way Lindy and Malcolm structured first year drama. This is awesome. I know, it's, it's a little treasure trove, and, and you know, so uh, that's really interesting. And the other artifacts? Um, these, these are, I'm talking, you typed. You typed notes, no computers, and you had Romeo machines, and you could get high on the. Oh, oh yeah, my God! Yeah, the, the roller press. Yeah, the roller press. There and, we go. Uh, this is um, work units that used to come through Bouvery Street Drama Resource Centre. There's a lesson plan for 2C in Glen Waverley, circa 1976. <laughs> we have to put these up at our 50th celebration. Yeah. And these are our... This is what you were given. None, no online learning here, people. Look, Anita Sinclair, the puppetry handbook. Oh. Anita Sinclair, costume handbook. Vocal confidence course, folks. <laughs> Vocal confidence. We did all these weird things. Um, a couple of a couple of programs of plays we did at the open stage at that time. Awesome. With all the info inside, my maiden name was Urquhart. I actually met my husband in the course when I was nineteen. We've been married for thirty-eight years together. We, we do have to wrap it up there. I'm so sorry, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much and cheers. Um, it's been wonderful interviewing you and uh, you're going to be running the next uh, three interviews for us. Yeah. Well, that's all from us at The Aside. There are 49 other Mama interviews you might like to listen to, so please do feel free to go and find those and have a listen. Thank you to all the people involved in conducting the Mama interviews. The list is extensive. Happy 50th birthday to Drama Victoria and thank you to the 50 legends for giving us their time. If you would like to ask the aside a question or you have a suggestion for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening.